The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leave Show. Talkin' Buds Leaf Show. We are back. I'm Rob. He's Ryan. I feel like so far this season, you you called it out on the last uh, episode about how we've been in deep thought about everything to do with the Maple Leafs. And this week in particular, ahead of the two wins against Dallas and Winnipeg, the narrative of like team toughness returned. And I was thinking about this. And I'm like, I don't like people hone in on that word toughness and they make it about fighting. They make it about hits. They make it about dirty play, but that's not what it's about for me. It's more about the word that I'm honing in on is contributions. You made a point last week about Wayne Simmons. And like, yes, I did. Yes. Like, for first of all, make your point again for anyone who didn't see it. Yes, I did. Yeah. And I, and at first I thought maybe I was being that guy, that Wayne Simmons guy. We need a guy in the lineup who can drop the gloves. And everybody who can't stand the way Wayne Simmons plays hockey on that line and doesn't play exact brand of hockey that some Leaf fans love. I was watching the current fourth line they had constructed and what I noticed is they were doing absolutely nothing and they were terrible and I just didn't understand why all the talk in training camp and leading up to the season revolved around Wayne Simmons just had no chance on making this hockey team and then through the first what was it four games five games they that fourth line was was awful it was the worst addition of that line I've seen in this whole Leafs era so Wayne Simmons coming in and playing last night and, and putting in some good ice time on that fourth line, getting ozone possessions. Like it just felt so good to be right. So I would like to come back to the point that I started. And I'm, that's why I wanted you to state that is my focus is contributions. Wayne Simmons contributes something to this hockey team. He makes them he makes the players on the other team look over their shoulder. Some people think that's valuable. Some people think it's not. But my response to you would be, that's a hell of a lot more valuable than what Pierre Engvall is doing, which is nothing. Yeah. That's a hell of a lot more valuable than what Nicholas Obey Kubel oh, man. is doing, which is nothing. So it makes more sense to have a guy in your lineup that is going to make the other team think twice about taking a run at one of your top dogs than having Pierre Engvall in there. If Pierre Engvall was contributing offensively, if Pierre Engvall was a top penalty killer, if Pierre Engvall was uh, like, like Dom, like just had a can't miss attribute that, yes. that you need him in the lineup. Exactly. For. Then, then I would say, you know what? Maybe that's more important than what Wayne Simmons is bringing. But at this point in time, it's not more important than what Wayne Simmons is bringing. And I like the decision to remove Engvall, remove Obey Kubel. And even putting Kyle Clifford in yes, there. Yes, yes. But, like, 
And you don't have to do that every night. No. It's just when you look at this team's bottom six, I want guys who are going to make any type of difference in that bottom six. And if you're not doing that, you're out. It's that simple. It's that simple. I think it was smart timing too. Like it was the perfect time to make that switch for the perfect game. Yes. That, that was what I liked about the decision. I don't know who made the decision if it was Sheldon key for, or Kyle, but I just, they made the right decision for the right game because we know what happens every time they go to Manitoba and play in that barn. It's, it's, enter- it's, it's a it's, fun, fun time. Yeah. It is everything. If you were to show someone who knew nothing about hockey and show them what a great sport it was, you'd put on that game yeah. last night. Yeah. Phenomenal hockey game. Yeah. Fantastic. And it was just the right, right decision at the right time. And, and they were, I thought they were one of their best lines, if not their best line in terms of keeping them hemmed in in their own zone. It was just, it was perfect. It was a perfect decision at the perfect time. Um, Morgan Riley. Oh yeah. Stands up for Nikki Robertson. And again, I know that there's a segment of the population that just thinks it's barbaric, but it's like, stand up for your teammates. I think that's where a lot of the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of the dislike for, for this core comes from, or, or the frustration is Nobody is expecting any of these guys. Like, look at their roster top to bottom, especially when Wayne Simmons or Kyle Clifford is not in the lineup. Who's going to go out there and drop the gloves and fight? No one. The answer is no one. So no one is looking at it being like, step outside yourself and drop the mitts. No one's saying that. What people are saying is when you see the other team take a run at one of your top guys, like what happened last night with Nick Robertson, go over there and give him a shove. Yeah. We're not going to tolerate that. I thought Mike Bunning was phenomenal too. I thought he he was the catalyst for all that as well. And what I like about Simmons and Clifford in the lineup is it gives guys like Morgan Riley more freedom to drop the gloves with like a mid-level tough guy, you know, because you know that if it really came down to it, the toughest guy on the Jets is going to fight the toughest guy on the Leafs, which is probably Wayne Simmons when he's on the ice. So that's what I like about having those guys in the lineup. It's not that those guys need to go out and drop the gloves every game. They don't. It's just, if you're a guy like Morgan Riley, if I was in Morgan Riley's position, I have no problem going over and throwing my mitts down to fight Josh Morrissey because I know that I, I can't really think of who the toughest guy on the Jets is, but they have a lot of guys who are pretty tough. So you know that you can drop the gloves with a mid-level guy and your toughest guy on your team's going to take care of you if, if the toughest guy on their team comes over and starts knocking at your door. I feel like through the first few episodes of the season you know we we've been we've been more negative than positive we've come on here we've been really frustrated we've we've lamented taking nights off this that and the other thing I thought periods two and three against Dallas they were really good and I thought last last night against Winnipeg they were also really good when they're playing well what are they doing they're engaged like they were just engaged last night every single guy that that top line that was their best game of the year by a mile. They had so many chances. And I know Austin Matthews didn't get a goal, but man, that guy had, he had the Austin Matthews chances that he usually gets. And that's what I've been missing. And, and all these people saying that even though he hasn't scored, he's been phenomenal. He's getting in the middle of the ice. It's like, I, I personally, I haven't seen that. Last night was the first night where I saw him get into the, all of the Austin Matthews areas where he could shoot the puck and score, even though he didn't get it. Like that top line was engaged. It's just, 
it's like they just made a decision last night when that game started getting a little more chippy that they were just going to, this. They, 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 they had enough. Like they were going to get engaged and they were going to win. And they were skating. Like it's just, it's, it's hard to like quantify it with a word. But if you, if you're a fan of this team and you watch them every single night, you can just tell. Like in last night was just one of those nights where you could just tell that this was a different Leaf team than the p- previous couple games. They were engaged and they were skating and they were going to work hard. And I and I love I I think a big difference too, and this is kind of random, is I think their D looks way better without Jake Muzzin in the lineup. Like that that I know that's a tough take because Jake is kind of seen as a good player, but I think even though I don't even really notice Victor Mete out there, but I think Justin Hall looks a lot better without Jake Muzzin. So you like going back to that other episode where I think they're both pretty decent, but together they just don't work. I thought all their D looked pretty good last night. I thought everybody was skating. Like it was just, it was a good effort all around. And let's not forget the thing that I took away the most last night was how many goals did the Leafs allow? One. Why? Because their goaltender was making all the saves he had to make in traffic. He was my beauty of the week last week. And I, I stand by it. To me, he's been the beauty of the early season thus far. He's been... He's been rock solid. He didn't ask for anything better than what you're getting from Simpson. He had a couple lucky breaks. Like one thing I have noticed is the guy cannot handle the puck behind the net. There was two times last night where they were this close to giving one up because he coughed it up behind the net. But the thing I love about him is just like when, when they're on the PK and the power play, the opposing power plays passing it around, they get shots on net. I just love the way he's positioned and set up for pucks to hit him. Like I thought last night, so many pucks just hit him. Because even though he didn't see the play, he was in the right position. That's because he's a big dude. And I don't know. He's just technically sound at this point. I just, I thought that was like, that was the one thing I thought of when the game was over. It's like that game would have been a lot worse if that guy let in some crappy goals, but he made all the saves he had to make. And the goal he let in was, it was a, was a gaff by Leafs defense by skating by someone and getting a second opportunity. I think this guy has been so impressive. And that was my biggest takeaway at the end of the night. was that guy. In the entire history of this podcast, I've said, if you and I come on here and we give a hot take or we rip a guy, we will absolutely come on at a later date and sit down with a giant bowl of crow and eat it on YouTube for the world to see. I would like to sit down and serve two big hot bowls of crow to you and me to sit and eat publicly for John Tavares. He has been their most consistent forward through every game this year, through all six games this year. And he looks lighter on his feet. You can still argue about the contract, whatever, whatever, but he's making a difference out there. He's skating well. He looks, doesn't look as behind the play as he did at times last year. And yeah, I listen, we have said on numerous occasions, we love Johnny. I love Johnny. You love Johnny. At times, we felt like he wasn't living up to his contract in the past. And that's why we ripped on him. But I'm sorry, man. I have no complaints about John Tavares thus far this season. None. John is, is what he is at this point. And I think one thing that's made John Tavares better this year is William Nylander has been way better. William Nylander looks like he's grown three inches and has gained 10 pounds and went to skating clinics over the summer because he looks faster and he looks stronger. Is he still engaged physically? Nah, whatever but like just his speed and the way he dominates the puck like you want to talk about zone entries I will back up all the zone entry people this season because that guy gets the puck in the zone by skating into the zone like he's been phenomenal and that makes John better because John's still an elite player in front of the net 
and below the goal line. So if, if he can just get in that office and work and have that opportunity, then he's going to look better. I just think his goal last it, night. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that was a beautiful goal. And then he tipped one in. How many times does he practice that every time they're on the ice? And it's just Nylander made him. Nylander's made that line in him a lot better by the way he's playing as well. Uh, speaking of that line, should we sit and have a moment of silence for Dennis Malgin's career as a Toronto Maple Leaf? Because Dennis, thanks for coming out, pal. Yeah. <laughs> have fun sitting in the press box for the rest of the year. Because from what I've seen through two games, if your only options on that second line are Dennis Malgin and Nick Robertson, I never want to see Dennis Malgin out on the ice for the Maple Leafs ever again. And I don't know if you will see him again. I sure hope. Kyle? And, and you know what, though? I will say that Nick Robertson does have a history of injuries. So maybe maybe yes, not. Like maybe let's, let's not write off Denny Malgin okay, yet. Fine, fine. But as long as Nick healthy. Robertson yes. is healthy, yes. see you later. Yeah. Kyle? It's your buddy Rob here. Let it go. We, it, you know what? We'll forget about it. We'll forget about the Mason Marchment trade. You don't have to feel bad about it. It's fine. At this point, we just don't want to see him anymore. Don't make Sheldon put him out there. It's okay. It's fine. We're going to forgive and forget, and we're going to focus on number on number 89, and we're not going to worry about Dennis Malgin anymore because I thought in the Dallas game in particular, they had a brutal first period, and you're seeing they're going, oh, my God, here we go again. And then he Robertson was skating. He was pushing the play in the offensive zone and then he got the goal and it was just like, it was like you could see the spark, spark plug get lit on the Leafs bench and they were just better from that point on. And I, he, he kind of got them going and I agree with you that the first line's best game of the year was in Winnipeg, but I felt up until the second period of Dallas, you can see, I think the fan base, obviously we've talked about it a bunch, is frustrated with certain things. And I think those top superstar guys are really feeling that. So I thought Robertson was sort of the catalyst and the spark blood and some new energy and a guy who's worked his ass off to make the team and then didn't make the team out of camp because of, because of their salary caps situation and because Kyle Dubas's pride over Dennis Malgin. And you can just see he's like, I've worked my ass off to get here and I'm not letting this go go to waste and so i just and we're, and we're not blind either i don't think that and i don't think the top guys in this team are either they they look at nick robertson and go guys this guy can score maybe yes. he can take the load off us having more responsibility to put the puck in the net and he can, and he can he's just a way better hockey player than dennis malkin the one thing i will say <laughs> like, about, what are we doing with yeah. dennis malkin yeah that was two <laughs> That was a couple tough training camp decisions. The the fourth line, which I don't think that fourth line's like going away. I think you will see those guys were chirping back in the lineup at some point, no doubt. But just how 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 bullish people were on that fourth line and and, and the way that the team talked about Dennis Malkin and the way he's gonna contribute, like that that just did not work out at all. One thing I will say about Nick Robertson, though, that guy needs to keep his head up because He's gotten rocked like four or five times in the span of two games. And I was thinking about, man, he looks small out there and he's got to keep his head up. But at the same time, I kind of respect it because you never really see Nylander get rocked or Marner get rocked. And for me, that's because they don't put themselves in positions to get rocked. They stay on the perimeter. The fact that he's getting rocked means that he's actually trying to get into a dirty area 
and, and play the way we want skilled guys to play. So I do kind of respect that. But at the same time, man, when he he's a small guy and he, like he got <laughs> rocked, exactly. man, and he got yeah. rocked in the Dallas game, too. So he's got he's got to keep his head up. Yeah, because you're right. That's the last thing we need is him being. Injured. No, <laughs> I'd put 34 in that category as well of a guy who's getting to the dirty areas and he hasn't broke through yet scoring. But he's like he's hurt. Like you can see he's got he's got a back issue. And I'm I just want to see that guy throw a spaz. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's coming. I, just I want think to it's see coming. that guy throw a spaz. Like he throws like what he he lays the body like once a game where it's like, oh, all right, nice. But it's but it's just like I I you know, it's these skilled players, you just want to see more physicality out of them. If Austin Matthews is hurt at this point, sit him out. Sit him out for a couple of games. Like he's He's laboring on the bench. You can see it on the bench. He's not, he's not like, he's hurting. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how much, I don't know how bad he's hurt. I, I have no idea, but I respect him for trying to gut through it. There's no doubt about that. That's also toughness right there. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what it is. Cause I don't know. I don't know. Heading out on the, uh, West Coast road trip here, 10 oh p.m. I'm starts. I'm, I've just been peeking over this whole time at those 10 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. start times, and I'm starting to feel a little sick, sick to my tummy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a, we got a 10 p.m. in Vegas. We got a 10.30 in San Jose. And then what the Western fans love, we got a 7 p.m. in, uh, in, in Los LA, Angeles. Yeah. And then a Sunday against the Ducks. Yeah, so a road trip here. Yep. The old the old uh, murder road trip yep. is not that way anymore. No, but, uh, no, it is not. West Coast. I, I you know what? It's it's a grind trying to decide if you're gonna stay up and watch that game. It's a grind. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I always just... start out with the best intentions. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna stay stay up and watch. And by the time you get like halfway through the second period, I am But I love the pride of like Leafs media. Like, where they all just pretend that they stay up and watch the game. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you probably went to bed. Uh, yeah, some they're of you up, guys up. Get, up, get up and fire up the game oh, in yeah. six on oh, YouTube. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Don't, don't, 100%. Don't, don't pretend you're up till, especially the morning show people. Yeah. It's like, what, why? You're not up until yeah. one. Yeah, you're starting at five in the morning. You're not yeah. staying up till one thirty watching the hockey game. At that point, you might as well just stay up and not go to sleep. I mean, I don't know. I, sometimes I kind of do that. So I can maybe, maybe they do it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, what do you think of the reverse retro uni? I think it's clean. Yeah. It's how many takes can you do on the sweater? But it's, I look, it's, it's the same sweater, just like with a minor tweak every single time. It's I, just, I, I, some of them, some of the reverse retro unis are incredible yeah like this time around i like the old like nhl logo the, on yes it. yeah the That's orange cool. the orange yeah. logo yes the, the cool old nhl logo i'm a big fan of that. a lot of people crapped all over the um the the last one i feel like you and i weren't is it the best jersey they've ever had no i can't even remember what it looks like. it was like the gray it was like the the take on the 80s sweater with the gray sides and the blue numbers Goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like people, people, you and I are in the extreme minority. Throw up a frenzy like a jersey. Yeah, no, I love the new reverse retro uni. I think it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, I think cool. it looks totally awesome. Aren't they wearing it like within the next two weeks? Too? I hope so. I think it's like November they're gonna wear it. I'm thinking like I'm usually not like we got the jerseys on the wall in here, but like I'm not a huge jersey guy. 
Whatever happened to the third jerseys? You know, remember remember this team went through a spell where they just wore the third jerseys every single game? Yeah. The 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 old Matt's era with the white and the different leaf logo. Whatever happened to the third jersey? And then the Berkey era where they had the blue yeah. jersey. Yeah, the blue third jersey. It's like when, when Shanny came in, they kind of ditched the whole third jersey. Well, the jersey. league in general kind of went away from third jerseys. And now they're doing this whole... Well, don't get me started on the NHL as a business, man. Like, it is just... But I find some baffling. teams change their uniform like every year. Like I'm watching the Winnipeg Jets last night. It's like, oh God, those are nice. You, when, when did they have red pants? They look like the, the Navy Rangers. You and I have no love loss for the Winnipeg Jets. I can't stand the Winnipeg Jets. But those unis were, those are nice. Those oh, yeah. With the red, the red pants. Yeah, it's like, since when did they get red pants? And then I, and then I turn on a shark game like a little later by accident. So no way I'm actually going out of my way to watch a San Jose Shark game, but those unis look good too. I like those new unis; they're nice. Uh, yep. Well, I mean, listen. You know I- what? God bless the Winnipeg Jets, though. God bless them because every single time they play this hockey team, it is something comes out of it, and it's very exciting, and I love it. Every time they go to that arena, especially that arena, not in Toronto, it's always a phenomenal game. I would pay serious money. For the NHL to break their playoff rule and for that team, those two teams to play in a seven game series. Because it's they're one of those teams where I kind of put away my critic leaf hat and I turn into just a diehard Maple Leaf fan again, where when where John scores the goal to tie the game to, to make it one one, and I'm just like fist pumping and I'm excited. Like that, that's what I love about the Winnipeg Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs playing each other. It takes the critic away from you and you turn back into just a hardcore Leaf guy. And that's what I think we we miss. I think exactly. that's what it was people... Fun. Yes, it was and I so think, fun. I think that's why sometimes with the rough stuff, it's just... What drives me nuts about today's world, not to get off on this tangent because this is, this is opening up a hornet's nest here, but it's just extremes from one side to the other. It's like, if you don't like the rough stuff, you're a wimp. If you do like the rough stuff, you're a Neanderthal. And it's like, no, it's the, the correct answer is somewhere in the middle. You, because exactly what you just said, like you're watching the game. Who, we were all with Morgan Riley last night when he dove over to defend Nick. Ross. Everyone watching that was like, yes, like, dude, like don't let him run your rookie star player like that. Potential star player. And it's not like Morgan Riley's not a guy who's valuable either. Like, he, you don't want him getting hurt either. But no. at some point, you got to put your big boy pants on. Yes. And so it's just like, it's also tough because not every game is going to be like that. It's just like some games are going to be like when they play the, I'm trying to think of the most boring, the New Jersey Devils. Like, like, you know, not every game is going to be like that. So that's why. When these special games come along, it's like it's very important for them to play that type of game against that type of team and come out with a win and come out with a good goalie performance and come out with a lot of positives because then they're going to play the Vegas Golden Knights and it's probably going to be a bit of a snooze. Uh, I wanted to do a little bit of a fun game with you before we get out of here. We've, we're like a couple weeks into the NHL season right now. And you and I are going to do the first ever edition of Talking Buds Leaf Show, buying or selling. Mm. I'm going to say something, and you're going to tell me if the you're classic buying, classic buying or selling, or if you're selling. Are you Ryan buying the four and one Buffalo Sabers? Yeah, 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 I am. 
I am. Why not? They they've been they've been crap for a long time, and they're they're ready to turn it around. Like I I mean, are they going to finish first in the division? No, but I think they're going to be. They, could they challenge for a playoff spot? Yeah. Why not? Why not? This division is due for a shakeup, man. Like it's just it's bound to happen. It's kind of been the same three four teams running this division. So you get off to a good start. Sometimes that good start never ends, and you get you get you build yourself enough buffer where. You could play 500 hockey for the rest of the season and still make the playoffs. Like if they go on a nice little 15 game run here, then they can play above average hockey for the rest of the year. They can get in the playoffs. I'll Why not? I'll believe it when I see it. You know what? I actually, I'll when I, see it. I, I hate the Buffalo Sabres when I watch them play the Leafs. Like I, I can't stand it. Mostly because the Leafs usually play their worst game of the year against them. But that's a fan base I can actually root for. Like that, that it's been tough sledding for that fan base, man. Like, Wow, like that sucks. Admitting you're a Buffalo Sabres fan. Are not you, that being a fan of this team's been any easier either. But. So you are buying the Buffalo Sabres. I yeah. am selling the Buffalo Sabres. I, I'll believe it when I see it. I think, listen, are they going to have a better season than they've had in recent years? Sure. Do I think they're going to be a playoff contender? No, I do not. I think they'll come. they got a good back end, back man. Under. they got a nice little back end now. Like, you want to get better in this league? You get a good little decor going. And that's what they got going. Are you buying the 5-1 and one Boston Bruins? As Always. A, yes. Agreed. See, that, that's the opposite. Believe it when I see it. I'll believe that they're not in it when they're finally not in it. Because they're always in it, no matter what. They always find a way. They always do. They're just the Bruins. Like I, I will always buy the Bruins. Always. Yeah. I, they're, they're, they're just that team where it's like, I've seen they're five and one to start the season. I can already predict that they'll be in and around the top of the division for the rest yeah. of the year. It's just like, God, could you Dude, imagine? They do it every year, man. Could you imagine if that's the first round matchup? Again? I don't care who they play in the first round this year. I, I, I done with trying to come up with an easy solution for this playoff. You got to beat somebody at some point. And the Boston Bruins are the Boston Bruins at all. Another thing I heard all summer, how the Bruins are going to take a massive step back and how players are getting older and their goaltending situation and Bergeron hinting at retirement. And it's like, these guys are just in it every year, man. Like well, you just got to get used to the Boston Bruins being good. As long as Patrice Bergeron's basically centering their top six, like they're just, they're going to be a good team always. Are you buying John Tortorella's four and one Philadelphia Flyers? I am not. I think that team, if you look at that team on paper, they're they're an okay hockey team that is going through the torts bump. Oh, yeah, the torts. Oh, yeah. The torts bump is a real thing where yeah. he's coming in he and he comes in and kicks you in your ass. Yeah, and I think they're they're playing as such, but I think they'll they'll be a team again, another team that um will be in and around the playoff picture, but will they be there in the end? I don't know if I would put money on that. No, me either. But at the same time, are the are the Washington Capitals as good as they were? They're three and three. Like, you know, like, it's just like, is that team any better than they were? Like, I don't, I don't think so. Like there's their goaltending still a question. There's just a lot of teams that have been in the fight for a while who maybe it's time for some of these teams to take a step back. And that towards bump usually lasts the whole year. Yep. Like yep. look at the Columbus blue jackets when he walked in there. Like it's just now they're two and four at the bottom of the metropolitan, the Columbus blue jackets. Oh, but <laughs> <laughs> my way, they'd be so far out of this league. It's not even funny. Are you buying or selling Lou Lamorello remaining the general manager of the two and three New York Islanders till the end of the season? I, I don't. I Why wanna, did you I let Barry Trotz go? I, I want to sound smart, but honestly, I just haven't 
paid enough attention to the New York Islanders. Well, here's what I know about the New York Islanders. There's not a lot of star power there. Like Matt Barzell is a good hockey player, but it's just like, there, there's not a lot of, there's just, they don't have a lot of star power there. So when they aren't playing well, you can kind of look towards them being like, where, where's their top guy? Who's, who's the guy leading the charge here? Like John was for all those years, even though they weren't successful. They're, they're a weird hockey team. They're, like just, they're, they're, why, I, like, I'll say again. When is Lou Lamorella going to retire? Well, we should bet on that. Well, I, why, why did you let Jack Campbell go? Or Jack Campbell, sorry, Barry Trotz. I just Googled Jack Campbell. That's why I said Jack Campbell, because <laughs> I'm getting ready for the next team I'm going to ask you about. Yeah. Why did you let Barry Trotz go? I don't know. You're like, like, what? Like, I don't understand that. Barry Trotz is kind of like, they like won the cup in Washington, then dipped, and then had a couple of good years with the Islanders. They made it pretty far, but. Lou Lamorello just needs to retire. How about that? Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to get fired and retire. Um, so as I said, I just Googled Jack Campbell because Ugh. we're gonna move to the Pacific Division with the two and three Edmonton Oilers and Jack Campbell with an 889 save percentage. Oh getting pulled look already. Who, look who is right sitting here going, hey, and listen, I'm not sitting here, I'm not dunking on the guy. I'm just saying like slow down before you start saying Jack, like start putting Jack Campbell in the same sentence as, um, um, Shesterkin. like, like let's, <laughs> let's, or, or Vasilevsky. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. relax. Dude, the guy got, when he got pulled, was that the uh, Calgary game? I think they were playing Calgary that game. I can't remember, but watching him let in four goals on 11 shots was pretty funny. Yeah. Pretty funny. And and I love it. I love I it too. Love I love it. it. If there's one fan base that I just love, <laughs> it's the Edmonton Oilers. And yeah. um, we're going to do that in a couple years when Connor McDavid signs with the Leafs anyway. Yeah. Um, the Vancouver Canucks are 0-4 and got booed off their home ice in their home opener and had a jersey thrown on That's the tough, ice. That's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. Luke Shen and JT Miller, like, getting into a scrap at the end of the second period last night, like, on the ice and having to be separated. It's ugly. It is ugly in Vancouver, man. It That's is ugly. ugly. I don't know how long Bruce is going to last. And then you got the 4-1 and one Calgary Flames. I love the Calgary Flames. <laughs> I, I am a huge fan of that hockey team because of what Brad Trey Living did in the offseason. Yeah. Like that, maybe when they play the Leafs and I can develop, like something will happen in that game where I can develop a bit of a hatred for them. But watching two of their... Two of their best players, if not the two best players, walk out the door and just instantly get replaced by guys who are better than them or or that same level as them. And them also adding other guys like just just phenomenal. Just ph I love watching them play well. I, I love Kadri. And and I, I love Daryl Sutter. Like, who doesn't love Daryl Sutter? It's just it's really nice seeing that team play well, because I, I think that was a great response to a what could have been a disastrous offseason. And he just fixed it in two weeks by being aggressive. Like, and was I like a legend, but like didn't spend time crying about it. No, he literally yeah. just went and did something about it. Yep. And yeah. Look at Matthew Kachuk. He's on, a, he's, an, he's on an island by himself in Florida. Like, it's just like he, he's out. See what he did to Kucherov in the game they played? Like, just going out of his way to be the biggest hero I've ever seen by going and roughing up Tampa's best player. And it's... It's funny, and I'm really rooting for the Calgary Flames because Johnny Gaudreau can can piss off, and so so can Matthew Kachuk. Yep, without question. All right, buddy. I think we're going to get out of here. A much more positive episode this week because the team played well, and they they, they deserve the praise. Yeah, I know. 
That's what we said. We said when, if they, they, they go on a good run here, then all this is going to change. When they're skating and they're engaged, they're the hockey team we all want them to and be. When they're, and when their goalie's 4-0 and and has a goals against average of under 2 and a 9-30 save percentage, that's, that's what we're talking about. Exactly. All right, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thanks, everyone, for checking us out this week. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. Also, leave a review if you're listening to the audio version of this. Every little bit helps. Thank you and welcome to all our brand new subscribers. Love to have you guys on board. Leave a comment. Like I said, even if you want to rip us, we love it when you rip us. We'll see you guys next time. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.